Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Convert Central. We are a group of converts from Singapore focused on sharing convert experiences and lessons to benefit both born Muslims and converts alike. If you have anyone in your life trying to find their path back in Islam, do share our podcast with them and have a discussion about the stories told by our fellow brothers and sisters. Do follow us on Spotify and send your feedback via our Instagram page at Convert Central. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to a new episode of Convert Central. I am your host, uh, Kevin Siddiq Lim, and I, today I'm joined by my co-host, uh, Mira. Mira, why not you give a short introduction of yourself? Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is Mira, and I'm the co-host of Convert I'm born Muslim, so I will be giving the perspective of someone who has, um, I would say, support during this time of COVID-19, especially since, you know, as converts, usually you are the, you might be the only one in the family who's a practicing Muslim. So I will be able to give a different perspective to come to that. So the, the, the reason why we decided to get a co-host for Convert Central is because we realized that a lot of uh, our convert stories have uh, relevance and significance to bomb Muslims as well. A lot of the lessons that we learn from converts can be brought over to bomb Muslims and also enhance their, their ibadah. So we decided to get uh, Sister Mira with us to provide a perspective from what uh, I would like because I'm a convert myself. And also, uh, she's a sister, so she'll be able to relate on uh, to get relate more with the female guests that we will bring onto our show in the future. So uh, without further ado, I will move on to uh, our guests. So today, our uh, we are very honored and very blessed to have with us brother Amresh. So brother Amresh and I, we actually met last year in the month of Ramadan. So I think it's very, very close to celebrating our one year uh, friendship anniversary. Uh, we've been through quite a bit and the thing that really uh, connected me and him is actually through our similar background. So we came to, we were brought to Islam for, for a similar reason. So uh, I'll just let him to give a brief introduction of himself first. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is Amresh and I'm a convert and this is my second year as a Muslim and I'm looking forward to sharing more things with you as this podcast goes along. So I'm a friend of Siddiq and we got to know each other at Darul Akam and we, we've been learning, going for classes you know, together and catching up whenever we have the time and of course we to go for other activities together and um, through Siddiq I got to know many people who are converts as well and as well born Muslims so yeah it's been a great year this is my second year as a Muslim so it's been great so far uh, Amresh how old are you this year? I'm 30, turning 34 this year and uh, you took your Shahada two years ago right but when was your first like formal interaction with Islam? well it was uh, many years ago Probably in 2006, yeah. Yeah, where I got in touch with a Muslim family and yeah, my journey started then, but it wasn't too serious. It was just, I was just learning bits and pieces here and there. And eventually, it came to 2018, September, when I converted. So it was like a journey of 12 years uh, from when you had the former experience of Islam towards your conversion. Yeah, that's right. So it's uh, like I had a first-hand experience of 
what Islam is about and how Muslim family is. And it's a good insight, I would say, to you know interact with them on a regular basis. Yep, and then eventually, yeah. Between uh, 2006 and 2018, right, what was the uh, driving force behind you learning Islam? What was the thing that drew you towards Islam? The driving force was like, I, w- I would say that their habits and then uh, their belief system, right? One thing and then what I saw being practiced was the driving force and eventually it came to a point where I wanted to know why I'm here on earth and what's this for what's the point of all this and then that yeah led me to learn more and of course take my shahada was there was there any part of time where you met difficulties throughout your process of getting to know Islam and learn Islam as a non-Muslim what was your significant challenge I would say trying to difficulties in trying to learn would be like not in not knowing more Muslims who would know the subject matter, right? That, that was when uh, to actually find a teacher back then because at that time I, I, yeah, I had uh, Muslim friends, but uh, they are not into learning about Islam. So there wasn't any figure who I could go to and learn from too. But eventually, of course, that changed with uh, you know, basic lessons at Darulakam. I'm saying, uh, 2018, yeah. What made you start taking lessons at Darulakam? Yeah, I started like, taking lessons like, 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 you know, there's a basic Islam course, right? Mm-hmm. In Darulakam, yeah, I went for that in 2018, uh, yeah. During 2018, and after that, proceeded with my shahada. You mentioned that you started to learn Islam in 2006. Uh, for many people, uh, when, you know, who journey into Islam, right? The when they separate with their significant other, right? The journey into Islam ends there. So it's quite rare to see someone that still continues learning about the religion in the absence of their partner. So what was your motivation? Well, I would say it was heartbreak back then. So thinking why, why, why must all this happen, right? And then why, why, why can there be like a union, like a marriage, without? Converting and you know people just staying as who they are. Then like all these questions, uh, made me wonder. And then I wanted to know what's so special about Islam, basically. And I went for when yeah went for to learn. And uh, let's 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 focus on the heartbreak for for a moment here. You know when we as I mean I was I was because I'm a convert as well right. So as non-Muslims right when we you know experience hardship or in our case I was also brought to Islam by a significant other and uh, we also separated shortly after my conversion so at a point of time like I wasn't held accountable to my religion by anyone uh, because uh, I was I was a convert and the one that uh, brought me to Islam has left my life so like at a point of time it was very easy to slip back into like non-Muslim habits such as like our uh, drinking, going to the club, uh, disregarding your faith as a whole. But you know, taking the path of faith took like it, it, it presents itself as such a is such a significant change from what a regular non-Muslim would do. So, what made you f- 
what made you take that path, you know, at a point of time when you experienced the heartbreak, you could have just like went into distractions. But you chose the path of Islam. Was there something that, you know, at that moment spurred you to do so? Yeah, I would say because the burning question, right? Like, what's the point of all this? What's the point of life? Like, what's the point of, you know, being born, going through so much pain and and that coming to end? Like, there, there, there should be a reason for all this, right? You keep, you, and things that I, if you realize from 2013 to 2018, there was like a good five-year gap where I, I took it very slowly, you know, I wasn't rushing into uh, gaining knowledge or seeking knowledge. I just took it very slowly, like, you, well, my attendance in the classes wasn't regular too, it's like when I felt like it, I would go down. If I don't feel like going, I won't go. So the things that, every time I had questions in my mind, I just go on and try to gain knowledge because there had to be a purpose right it can't be just like this right being born living a life and passing away right yeah I, I think honestly yeah, it's quite amazing where um, like you said your, your partner didn't have a big influence on you in terms of Dean, but yet after that you still chose to come into Islam for for me, I, I think we mentioned like we, we've had several good conversations about our experiences before. And I think that was the, the thing that initially connected us together, like our similar background from where we came from. But where we differ was that actually for me, my partner had a big reason why, was the big reason why I became, came to Islam. She was the one that motivated me towards um, learning the, the path of Islam after I, after I even after we separated. But for you, uh, I find it quite amazing that... Um, for someone that didn't have too much influence on you, right? After she left, it actually spurred you to go towards Islam and your your reason for for, for that is actually because of heartbreak. And you were seeking I, I I'm 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 guessing like peace la, in the in the religion. La. But why why Islam what was the basis of your choice? I mean, uh, because my significant other was was a Muslim, right? And uh and the relationship went on for almost seven years, so I saw quite a bit, right? Uh, what's what what's happening? So that's that's what tells me into learning further. Yeah, and to actually add on to earlier, right? Because uh, yeah, I was I was born in a Hindu family, and secondly, I went to a Catholic school in primary school, St Gabriel's, and then an Anglican school in St Andrews. So I've been exposed to different religions. So and then and then, and then of course I yeah uh, came across Islam and then I started learning more. I see. What was the what was it like before you took your shahada? Like at that point. You must have been sure that you really wanted to delve into this religion. Like, what, what really solidified it for you? I think the belief in one God, the oneness of God, I think that solidified it for me. Mm. The belief in one God, that's it. Do you feel like the belief in God is intrinsic, or do you feel like it has to be supplemented with external knowledge and perhaps opinions from teachers? I think it comes from within. While the opinion from teachers and uh, the influence around you is important, I think what a real good motivating factor will be you talking to yourself, your thoughts, and your experiences with what's, what has been going on in your life. And like I said, you will start to have questions. So, and that will be important because the one who has to take the first step with you, right? So you you mentioned this like concept of muhasaba, which is I think uh, self reflection, and 
I think for every convert, that's quite important also. Um, certainly, people can get us to learn about Islam or read the, the Quran or anything, right? But it's really, truly sometimes up to ourselves to take the next step in, in chasing this faith and seeing if it really something that we want. So, a lot of uh, times, you know, um, for myself, when I... At the start of after I converted, when I was still together with my significant other at a point of time, uh, I think I lacked this like reflection, uh, and hence after that, I, I was quite lost in 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 Islam, lah. But then after that, when we separated, it gave me a lot of time to get with the heartbreak, lah, uh, to, you know, reflect on myself and what I wanted. And I realized that Islam was something that I really wanted, lah. But at a point of time, like one driving force was really, uh. I was in pain. Uh, I was in a lot of pain, like emotional pain. And so, Islam was a huge relief. Uh. Was it the same for you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, I was in pain. I was in pain for many years. And Islam was definitely a huge relief. You know, like just letting it go, you know. Of course, we, you know, we learn things like Hasbun Allah and Allah alone is sufficient. I think, when once you come to that state of mind, the pain doesn't matter anymore. I'm not saying it will be gone. It'll be there. But there's something bigger than your pain. Right? Your reliance on Allah is bigger than your pain. Yeah. That's what I realized. At a point of time, uh, when you were facing your heartbreak, right? Uh, Islam was a source of comfort to you. So, that was from like 2013-ish to 2018. It was five years of of uh, healing. So, which, which part of Islam do you think like healed you the most? Like, was it the practices of Islam? Or was it the concept, the theology part of Islam? Like, as you said, Allah is most sufficient for us. He's the best disposal of our affairs. Or was it the brotherhood? Which, what, what do you think was the... Uh, maybe there can be a few factors as well. But what do you think was the thing that healed your heart? Like, eventually at the end? I think firstly it will be the theology, trying to understand the purpose of life, and then secondly it will be the people around me, the friends I found, and thirdly it would I would say the practices. So it's a combination of many factors, right? All the three, right? So just like theology, brotherhood, and then of course uh, the practices, because it's all interconnected if you think about it. Yes, yeah. So I would say, yeah, that 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 was what, you know, is the pain. I would say. Uh, you mentioned companionship, right? So how do you, how would you say companionship really helped you? Like what what aspect of that companionship really drove you further as a Muslim? Okay, so so uh, within companionship, there are two types of people I met. Those are born Muslims. Those are converts. With converts, I can relate to what they're going through, what's happening at home how they feel, uh, how they face the outside world, right? And with born Muslims, uh, of course, it comes to the point where they, you know, how their interactions are with non-Muslims, how they cope with certain situations, right? So these two, uh, these two groups of people, yeah, they were very helpful. And that made me realize and also understand how I can interact and also uh, react in certain situations. I, I just want to ask you, um, I'm sure like you've been with your significant other, you know, from 
2006 through 2012. So that's about six years, right? So when you guys separated, there must have that there must have been a huge loss. Like, uh, you must have felt a huge loss in your heart, lah. So at that point of time, were you like angry at at any particular thing, or angry at Allah, angry at how 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 did you see things? You know, what was your perspective when that happened? Ah, uh, I would say yeah, I was angry. I was angry every day, every day for many years. I'll, 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 yeah, I was always thinking about it. Like, why does this have to happen to me? You know, that's a that's a question. I think when we went through heartbreak, we'll go through like it's a normal question. Like, I think it's just normal to have that question. Yeah, I was angry for many years. Yeah, but eventually I came about. You know, I I believe that this can be this can be the only thing I can. I have to focus on my life, right? I believe life is much greater than this. There, there are so many things, right, to actually go for. You know, a relationship, yeah, is over, done with. The loss is there, but then life goes on. You see, you just have to move on. You don't have, you do not have a choice. You can't be stuck in the same rut of anger forever. You just become a miserable person. And I didn't want to be a miserable person. Do you feel like? Now you have much more than you have ever imagined you could have through Islam. Okay. Uh. Alright. So you 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 sought to ease your heartbreak through Islam, right? So like after now now that you're a Muslim for almost two years, right? Do you feel like Islam has given you much more than just a source of peace? Yeah, Islam has given me so much. Uh, other than peace, of course. Uh, Islam has given me beautiful friends. Like yourself, and uh, it's given me companion, companionship, and has given, and through Islam, I've got to know many people who are doing great works outside, you know, benefiting society, and uh, you know, who are very selfless actually, and and they are a form of inspiration to me because it's even now as a Muslim, it should not only about myself, you know, my prayers, uh, you know, my duas. My practices, no, it's uh, about being beneficial to others. So I would say, yeah, I think one of the biggest gift Islam has given me is the ability to see others' pain and how, even if I can't solve the pain totally, how I can contribute in a very little manner that I could. And how are those companions helping you so far with Ramadan in light of COVID nineteen? Since you can't physically see them. Alhamdulillah, it's been really good. Uh, there are you know, certain groups of people who I text regularly, and mm-hmm. yeah, we've been always uh, keeping in touch. So we, like I said, for both the converts and the born Muslims, we understand what's going on. And like for certain people, like converts, right, they be spending time alone, you know, fasting. For some of them, the family could be receptive. Others, family might not be receptive. So we, with them, right, there's always a support system. And then for the born Muslims we've been going through, I can actually like certain things like Tarawih prayers. This is only my second time doing my Tarawih prayers, and I didn't know Tarawih prayers could be much simplified when you're doing it at home. Okay, so that so with born Muslims, I uh, I learned from them how I can complete my Tarawih prayers alone and how uh, certain things are not really necessary and what what is necessary. Yeah. I mean, I think you've been in in this uh, realm of Islam for a very long time, uh, like starting from twenty oh six all the way to 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 now. It's fourteen years. So, what well, till now as a Muslim, what does the month of Ramadan mean to you? Yeah. So, 
previous previously Ramadan was just refraining from food and drinks. Mm. But then, however, this Ramadan, I believe on top of restraining from food and drinks, I try to place more focus on restraining my words and actions, trying to be a more patient person, refraining from arguments. And I swear that it's not easy. It's, it's not easy at all. <laughs> it's the it's the family dynamics, right, of this uh, circuit breaker. We are everyone is at home. Previously, when you want, to, yeah. Previously, if you can't get along with somebody, you know, just leave the house, man. <laughs> but then, like now, when you leave the <laughs> house, I mean, I'm not gonna risk three hundred dollars. Okay, that's one thing. I think that's 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 common for many of folks. But for me, my job uh, includes my job entails uh, doing social social distancing activities. Right, so I I run into a lot of angry people, upset people every single day, people who are stubborn and old people who just don't understand. Yeah, so that's really really not easy. And especially now, like Ramadan, right? I have to make sure I do not retaliate. I do not argue. <laughs> I just have to you know, keep my cool and just stay away. Yeah, and th- and that's been a huge challenge for me. Uh when at, at, at moments where you feel like you're gonna lose it, right? Like. You're facing someone and they're they're not being nice. They're being slightly yeah. aggressive, right? Moments when you feel like you're losing, right? What was the thing that stops you from losing it? Uh, the thing is that yeah, I just tell myself it's Ramadan. Uh, I'm fasting. I'm fasting, so I have to stay back. I just have to you know, do not interact with this. But I I have to stop interacting with this person. Let the person talk. Just stay quiet and let the person go. And you just do what has to be done. And then let the person go. Yeah, I find it quite interesting, ah, uh, because uh, I, like you, you mentioned to me before that um, you were facing this issue of angry cust- uh, angry customers. Uh, but that was before the month of Ramadan, so yeah, and and coming to this Ramadan, I actually uh, heard something about about the the use of speech actually in in this blessed month. Uh, to desist from, you know gossiping or backbiting or saying angry words so uh, Saidina Abu Bakar radiallahu anha actually mentioned before that he will keep a stone in his mouth and he will try to hold it in his mouth so that to keep his tongue from distracted and from talking yeah but in this in this context I mean don't go bringing a stone to Amokyo Hub uh, but rather <laughs> how we can decease from you know uh Having this, you know, having a sin of a tongue is actually from we can try reciting the Quran more, doing zikir, saying istighfar, saying salawat. So they will occupy our tongues, you know, the entire day. So, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said before that uh, those who talk a lot will make more mistakes, and those who are in the wrong more will be those who will be more likely to go to hell. So that's that uh, Like it's, it's, it's actually quite interesting And you also mentioned about like Increasing like your fast To include not just food and drinks right uh, And to include uh, Desisting from uh, harmful speech right I-, I actually wanted to share something I think uh, it's quite interesting for uh, Born Muslims and converts alike actually Like every Ramadan Sometimes we are still You know distracted And still busy with our daily affairs Perhaps someone is still working throughout the month of Ramadan. Perhaps someone is still studying throughout the Ramadan. Perhaps someone has made plans throughout the month of Ramadan, you know. But now now that we have all the time to ourselves and we are alone, it's a very good opportunity to focus on 
elevating our ibadah, you know, so that it is accepted by Allah. So Imam Ghazali mentions that there are actually three types of fast. And the first one that you've mentioned is the ordinary fast. So it's to abstain from food and water and sexual desires. So the second type of fast is called the special fasting. Is to like, and, and as what you said, you're, you're focusing on this year, uh, is to keep one's ears, eyes, tongue, hands and feet, and all other organs free from sin. So uh, it's, it's quite interesting where um, we actually have the opportunity now uh, now to focus on things that we've never actually seen before. So we can go back to fundamentals this, this Ramadan. And the last one is something called extra special fasting. It's the fast of prophets. Ah. So it's the fasting of the heart from unworthy concerns and worldly thoughts. So if you think of any other thoughts outside of Allah from the time of fast, so it, it, it's taken as if you have broken your fast. So I'm sure all of us have uh, you know significant difficulties from achieving that station. So we can work on elevating our normal fast to the special fasting, which is actually held in the highest of regard by Allah because there's a hadith in which uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, the rewards of fasting is only kept, is only known by Him because all the pillars of, uh, all the, uh, you know, p- uh, rukuns of Islam, they are actually done for the believer. You know, you do your zakat, it's because you want to purify your wealth. You salat so that he can complete his favors upon you. You go to you go to Hajj, you go for, for Umrah, it's, it's for yourself. But no one fasts for, for, for any other reason other than, than faith alone, than Allah alone. So, because that he, he says, this is so dear to me that I, I, I don't want to make, I, I, I don't want to make the reward known other than in the day of judgment. So the reward of fasting lies with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if we elevate that, then we're elevating something extremely precious. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure this Ramadan has been very different for you, uh, Brother Amresh. Uh, walk us through how different this Ramadan is. Yes. So if, uh, as you know, we are under the COVID-19 situation, right? So going out, uh, like getting, even like getting food that you really like to eat during Ramadan, it's not easy, it's not there anymore. Just to, and then, of course, uh, in my situation, meeting angry people every day, meeting upset people, and people like to argue every day. It's not what I uh, faced last year when I was spending Ramadan with you guys. It was amazing. And I miss those times where we can go to uh, different masjids for Taraway. And, and that's when I got to know you and a lot of new people, new Muslims who have been keeping in touch for the past one year and they've been extremely helpful Alhamdulillah yeah so this year there's a lack of physical meeting however I think that is translated into uh, seeking more on your own like like previously sometimes when you're just sitting down in a group right people start talking and then you will learn right from other conversations people conversations that conversations that people are having but right now it's uh, when you don't know something you just have to step up and ask you know do not have to, you can't be lazy and make sure you get the knowledge All right so i would say in that aspect it has been slightly interesting and also challenging because for me like after work after, when i come back i need to you know do my prayers and then i have to break my fast because at work uh, i wouldn't have the time to do my asr prayers right so i have to come back do my asr prayers and then uh, after that you know break my fast and do my maghrib and then that after that it goes on to Terari prayers. And then for all of this, I mean, there, there are certain things you will you might want to know. Like for me, I wanted to know. And I, then I asked my 
friends. Whereas last year, everything we were together. So we just go as a group, get things done and come back. Not much question asked. Right? Yeah, so that's the difference. Is there is there a difference between, for you, uh, between breaking your fast with your friends and this year you have been consistently breaking your fast at home, right? So, like, do you feel like there's a difference when you do that? Yeah, there is a difference. Of course, I'll be more happy with my friends. We are breaking fast together. This year, I'm spending more time in solitude, breaking fast alone, and... But that gives me more time to actually, you know, go for online classes, right? So last year, where you know there was we were breaking fast together, I had a good time. It was very nice, but there wasn't much focus on classes. Whereas this year, I'm breaking fast alone. I have more time, and I can go for online classes. Yeah. So I like every situation to be good and bad, right? So this is what I see in this. And uh, are you using? Uh, are you still keeping up with any of your friends? Uh, how are you keeping up with your companions in this month of Ramadan? Oh, I just try to text them, if possible, every morning. If not, once in a while. Yeah. I see. I see. Uh, sometimes we do Zoom meetings as well, right? Yeah, correct. We, we've had a Zoom iftar together. I think like that that kind of underlies uh, underlines the benefit that we the the blessing actually that we we have in Singapore. You know, like this. I I'm guessing this like quarantine thing is worldwide. So, I think really in the case where the entire Muslim community is able to transit to uh, online learning and online meetup so quickly, you know. Uh, Singapore is a very, really a very blessed country. Uh, we've had, we we have everything. You know, S- students are required to use, uh, applications like Zoom and Webex for their classes. You know, it's part of their curriculum. So, to shift from, like meeting up physically and and going for classes physically, right, to changing to online, uh, it's quite like online. You know, iftar and and online classes. It's quite a seamless experience uh, for Singaporeans. It's, I think there's some, there's a privilege and a blessing that we sometimes overlook. You know, that other countries are having a much tougher time in this situation because also Singapore is small. It's much easier to coordinate things, right? But next, if you talk about bigger countries and uh less economically established countries than Singapore, is it, is Muslims in those countries find it much harder to practice in Ramadan and to seek knowledge in Ramadan. So that's actually something that I I, I kind of thought about when you were when you were speaking. Uh. Um, do you know any um, convert Muslims who actually do not have as much of a companionship as they would like? And um, Lada, what would your advice be for those converts who, let's say, uh, as uh, Brother Siddiq has mentioned, let's say Shahada, like one month before Ramadan, what, what advice do you have for these brothers and sisters who may be facing um Ifta, etc. alone. Yeah, so I, if you ask me about uh, Muslims or converts who mm-hmm. do not have a companionship, I think there are some sisters who are actually in the Philippines who, who converted recently, maybe a couple of years back, but then they are not living in an environment where you know there's Muslims, right? So I believe that that could be difficult for them. And of course, we are, what we can do is like if you have such friends, like anyone who's listening have such friends, try always to keep in touch, ask them how they're doing, and then yeah, just share how your day went. You know, I think that'll be very helpful. Second part is where for those Muslims who just converted, right? Uh, I I totally understand. It could be very difficult for you. 
where you're just starting out and then you're trying to seek knowledge and then try to fast you don't know the do's and don'ts you know uh, what I can suggest is uh, try to go for trusted sources you know you can go online but make sure they are reputable they are they are generally accepted and then for for those who just converted you might have friends that you can just see how you can exchange knowledge or even uh even if the person who you are who you are cons- conversing with does not have enough knowledge uh you can there are many islamic societies where you can when you actually text them right they they reply you and i think they are they are very helpful so yeah you can go for that i think your story is uh, one of wonder uh, because sometimes like allah doesn't pick people to be muslims because they are qualified to be muslims you know allah doesn't pick people to be muslim because they have the credentials to be allah says in the quran he picks whomever he chooses so i think like you are like the living embodiment of that lah because someone who got heartbroken but not yet a muslim doesn't have an obligation to seek islam and someone who was heartbroken by a muslim might not have seen the best way to move forward as as islam and as a non muslim you could have jumped back into a lifestyle of indulgence and distractions but instead you chose to seek allah against all odds so i think there's a lot of learning points in that that lies in your story and your perspective on ramadan this is something that is especially dear to my heart as well uh how ramadan means to you as a convert and how different it is to have iftar at home to try at home i am definitely extremely reliant on my companions as well you know through last ramadan and moving on to this ramadan i felt a big loss ah when it comes when it came to my practices this ramadan because i'm not in the con- like presence of my friends i lose out on the benefits of praying tarawih uh, in jama and my fardu prayers in jama but like you said there are always things to focus on like there's always things to move on to when it comes to islam allah deserves the most perfect of worship but unfortunately we are unable to achieve that station as as insan as humans but we are always able to continue striving to achieve that station that gains his pleasure so this ramadan has been my journey as well to you know ground myself um regroup and find ways to improve on the things that will make Allah happier with my ibadah so that has occupied a lot of my time actually uh other than you know doing this podcast with you guys you know i'm so occupied with even trying to get my fundamentals right you know so it's not enough time in a day to to you know do do more so as a convert i think for you as well and as well for mira you know i i comes to a point where we have a lot of time in this ramadan you know and we wouldn't want to waste it and there's so many things for us to do that if we just try we won't waste it so i think this ramadan has the potential to be much more i think i saw a video online uh it mentioned that uh it's a different ramadan but it can be a, it can be the best ramadan so i think it, especially applies here for for all three of us muslims and converts alike 
So thank you so much for sharing. Uh, to my dearest co-host, do you have the, uh, something to conclude with? Mm, I would just like to say uh, to everyone who's listening, if you ever need a companion, you can always message Convert Central as we will be very willing and very happy to answer to your messages. So yeah, don't be free to sh- I don't feel shy to ask us if you know you need the companionship as mentioned or if you just need someone to ask questions, we'll be happy to answer them. Alhamdulillah. And thank you so much for both of you for coming on with me in, in the blessed month of Ramadan. So every minute is important. Really very thankful for your presence in, in, in our podcast. And uh, we hope that this uh, the message that we're trying to bring, the awareness we're trying to bring will be spread and uh, will bring beneficial to anyone who listens to it. So with this, we shall end with a Tasbih Kafara and uh, uh, Surah Al-As. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wal asr innal insana lafi khus illa ladhina amanu aminus salihati wa tawasa bil haqi wa tawasa bil sabi. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being here with me. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.